Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Welcome back, everybody, to the Get the Fuck Off podcast on this Monday, August 16th. I am late. I am late. It is late in the day that I'm putting out a podcast. I normally have them go out early, early in the morning. So by the time all of you guys are awake, they are ready to go. And I was just slacking because I haven't done a solo episode in so long. I think it's been since May was my last solo episode. I've had a guest every single week since Darren Francis David Kaur, who was my first guest, an amazing guest. He's actually coming out with his own podcast. Uh, it's coming out really soon called The Irishman Podcast, um, it, which I'm, I'm so excited about because he's such a great speaker and he's such an awesome guy. Um, and I've had awesome people on the podcast every single week after. Every single week, just one one fantastic human after another, which made me realize I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude because it made me realize that I know so many wonderful fucking people. And the universe has sent me so many awesome souls doing this podcast. So I'm so, so grateful. And for this week, at least maybe the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be back by myself again. I'm just bringing, bringing some stuff to you guys like I used to do because a lot's happened in my life since I've last done a solo episode. I completed um, an elite coaching certification program um, just recently and this was a program that focused heavily on neurotransformational coaching. So I had been doing neurotransformational coaching but not not at this level. Like this uh, was led by a gentleman named Coach Sean Smith and he is just so brilliant in the way that he does his coaching and um, what well, I'll tell you what this is about and I have talked about this a little bit in the past but not to this level so I kind of learned uh, when I was reading Dr. Joe Dispenza about how after the age of 35 we hold most of our energy in our bodies in our bodies we hold things it's not in our intellect it's in our bodies and as I was going through this program, it was, it's very heavily focused on not just the principles of coaching, because there are a lot of standards of coaching and principles that are applied that are standard across the board that coaches can use to be able to help clients achieve their goals. And I use them. I think it's great. But not all of them get to that place where it changes people at the neurological level level. It's in your neurology. That sort of shift is not so common. And to be able to study under such a successful coach was just, it, it was just eye-opening to me. And it was such a transformational experience in ways that I, I'm going to try to talk about on this podcast. 
and it just it just made me feel so much more confident in my abilities as a coach to be able to go through that experience. But let me tell you about your body. You know, we hold a lot in our bodies. And I talked about this in an Instagram Live recently about training bartenders. When I was bartending, I used to train bartenders. And all of the bartenders that came into the bartending, um, we were, uh, it was a, I worked at a restaurant in Times Square, um, $22 million a year restaurant. I'm talking, you know, our maximum, maximum occupancy was 380 people and they're, they're, was always, I'll say, at least that many in there at any given time. Like, at, le- at least that many. Um, that's all pretty much say, way more than that. <laughs> there was, we had, we had bodies in there. And it was a busy fucking place. And when you were working in that restaurant, if you were working in the service bar, you would be pumping out hundreds of drinks an hour. I mean, just the, the level of efficiency. I, I, it was, it was just aggressive and incredible. And whenever I would train new bartenders, they would always want to do the service bar, that hundreds of drinks per hour um, position. That was what they would want to do. They wouldn't want to do the bar rail position, which is what we think of when we think of a bartender, the person that is greeting you when you go to sit at a bar, the person that talks to you, the person that makes you drink. You would think that they would want to do that position, but yet they didn't. They always wanted to do the aggressive service bar position, and it never really occurred to me as to why. Until recently. And it was because we always talk about muscle memory and what's in our bodies. And doing the service bar was a set of rote tasks and motions. Grab the glass, put the glass down, fill the glass with ice, put the ingredients in in a certain order, toss, tumble, put it out, stick the ticket to the side. That's it. You can pick that up in two days. Dealing with the bar rail was a whole different ball of wax because you were dealing with humans. So you not only had to be able to do the act of the rote making of the drink, but you needed to be able to deal with humans. And you needed to be able to, like in coaching, which is why it translated so well for me, you had to be able to read a human being. You had to be able to read their mannerisms. You had to be able to understand their the direct and implied language. You had to be able to assess every aspect of them because you're you're really you're serving them poison so you you are responsible for regulating that experience and a lot of times new bartenders the bar would get out of control from from them very easily because a bartender really has executive control over over their bar and you can always tell when a bartender has lost that control and there and it's a skill that's developed over years and years and it's not as easy as just rote putting ingredients in glasses and, you know, just making conversation with strangers from all over the world can be another intimidating uh, thing for a new bartender um, because you have to not only be able to assess the safety and the well-being of everyone around and maintain, but you also have to make drinks. You also have to wash dishes. You also have to take to-go orders. You also have to, you know, you're basically doing a hundred different jobs plus dealing with humans. Now, I did it so long that it was in my neurology. Like even now, I pretend like one or two days a week. And when I do, I mean, just just really just talking to people and, and being out there connecting. And I, I've missed that. And even now, I don't even have to think about what to talk to people about. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what their job is. It doesn't matter. It's, it's in my neurology. But it took years for that to get in my neurology. Essentially, it was not in my body. 
And that's why the newer people had trouble because it wasn't in their bodies. And I talked in this Instagram live about that, about it being in your body and about how when I went to start this podcast, even though I, I have an undergraduate degree in communications, like audio editing was something I knew how to do. Recording with a microphone, something I knew how to do. Doing all of this was something I knew how to do. But because it had been so long since I'd done it, it was not in my neurology. And when I sat down and I hit record, I felt like I had a lump in my throat that was the size of a basketball. I was like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't get it out. I couldn't get myself to say something. It was almost like I was having anxiety and panic because I was doing something new. And there's a reason for that. So your brain wants to I've talked about this in previous podcasts and so the science was always there that your brain wants to repeat what it knows because it wants to keep you alive so any deviation from the routine what you've always done your brain wants to keep you alive your brain doesn't like it so it sends a communication and your body is what responds so whenever you are doing something new depending on how long you've been stuck in the same position in your life depending on how long you've been stuck in whatever it is that you're stuck in you introduce a variable hey this is something different your body is going to respond with anxiety panic it's hard to breathe something doesn't feel right discomfort I mean your body is going to do a number on you really I, I every time you go to change apartments change jobs change relationships do eat somewhere new for dinner I mean some people are really into that but some people like have a hard time choosing a new restaurant because it's anxiety inducing what's it going to be like when I walk in what am I gonna what if I don't know what's on the menu what if the server is weird you know like I mean it could be anything like that your body is going to be the thing that's responding so this whole course was about noticing and being able to make those shifts in neurology bringing awareness and then making those neurotransformational shifts so fucking incredible the experience I was like fuck this is so awesome (laughs) and highly uncomfortable I want to tell you guys highly uncomfortable um I can't discuss the details of what of anyone's personal experiences from that group because that's private but I can say that starting with the first day we were sitting and holding space for a lot of very heavy stuff. Um, Everybody was very open. There was a lot of sharing. There was a lot of, there was a lot of rapport in the beginning and then there was a lot of expression. There was a lot of being vulnerable. There was a lot of disclosure of trauma. It was very heavy. And after the first day, um, we were asked, well, is, so how are you feeling? And I, I thought that was weird. It's like, well, how, what do you mean, how am I feeling? Like, I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. Like, I mean, yeah, it's 10 plus hours on Zoom every day. But yeah, for besides my sciatica on my left leg, like, I'm fine. Yeah, I say this after day one. By day two, I felt like I was hit by, by a two by four. Like, I felt whacked. I am a marathon runner. I'm in the height of marathon training right now. So I'm, I'm, running I'm running 50 miles a week you know I'm very physically active 
I am probably in the best shape that I'm going to be in all year. And I was having trouble completing three to five mile runs. Because I, I was so exhausted. I was just exhausted. And we were told that that was going to happen because a lot of the times when you're going through an experience of this intensity, you know, things are shifting in your neurology and your body is what responds. I mean, the entire time, you guys are going to think I'm crazy. I'm really not. Honestly, I'm so hyper aware of my body because I'm an athlete. And because I'm an athlete, I'm hyper aware of what sorts of food my body needs or when it needs it or how I need to eat. And um, I honestly, I was so hungry the entire time. I was just a Hoover vacuum for the for food. I couldn't get enough food. Like I couldn't get enough. I, and I was, I wasn't even running as many miles. I mean, I did manage to get over forty miles in for the week, despite the the fifty plus hours in the course, despite working at side jobs in addition. I, I I'm not I'm not trying to like toot my own horn here, but like I really I really. But most of the the physical work was sitting, and yet I was so, so hungry. And I lost weight. Like, this, this is real. Like, your body can respond to those kinds of shifts in that way. Your body will let you know. Your body communicates with you. It was a lot of communication from the body. Ah, fascinating. Just fascinating. And I wasn't... I was always aware that my body was responding to a, a stimulus or my body was responding to trauma. But I don't think that I was as aware um, as I am now after that, that week. I'll tell you guys a story. So it was a month ago and um, I was going to record a podcast with a friend of mine who is someone I admire just so much like so much I wanted this person on this podcast so badly like so it was all I wanted it was all I wanted I wanted to bring because this person is one of the main players in in my story over the last couple of years um and me being able to change everything about my life I would I would not be standing or sit, sitting I'm sitting currently guys I'm Currently, I'm sitting, <laughs> but I wouldn't be sitting where I am right now in this chair that I'm sitting in if this person did not come into my life. And um, I, I mean, just the the immense amount of love that I have for this person, it's immeasurable. Like it's, I can't even tell you. Like if I never speak to this person again, I will probably tell my grandchildren about about who he was and how and how he showed up in my life like I cannot tell you I I have gratitude beyond measure I sit down with this person and I I just couldn't do it like I couldn't do it and I and it was it was so anxiety inducing that I just felt myself get all hot and upset and I, I was like shamefully embarrassed and I I was trying to intellectually wrap my head around why. And I, and at first, I, and, and so I was like, I can't do this. And I, you know, promptly ended my Zoom meeting and then promptly moved the folder to the trash and then promptly emptied the trash so I never had to look at it again. And uh, I, th- I threw my AirPods against the wall and I, I cried for about a half an hour and then I... Um, messaged a friend of mine and I was like oh my god this just happened I'm so embarrassed 
And I made out this whole thing about how it was because this person was such a big deal in my life and how I couldn't, you know, put them in a box and I couldn't make, you know, I couldn't blah, blah, blah. And I thought that that was the reason. And then I thought, oh, maybe this is because I'm sober and I've never been sober before when I'm going to do something I'm nervous about. So before I would have just taken a shot and been fine. I think that's actually the excuse that I said to that person. (laughs) Come to think of it. Make myself seem like a a real class act. But how many of you have done that? Like how many of you have, you know, popped a Xanax before you get on an airplane? I mean, like, honestly, I I was always a two beer, two shot person before I get on an airplane. So in a situation where I had that much discomfort and anxiety, I probably would have done a shot just to get through it, just so that I could ease my way through the uncomfortable experience, but I couldn't. And I made up all these excuses, and it wasn't until I got into this um, this coaching program. I mean, it was a coaching certification program, but it also really served as coaching for a lot of us because not only were we you know, learning new skills to aid in our coaching. But we were also coaching and we were also being coached. So there was just a lot of coaching going on. And throughout this, I received a lot of information about my, about what I hold in my body. And it was about a couple of days after I was on a run and I felt that feeling that I had when I was sitting to record this podcast with this person who clearly has not met a guest on the podcast. So maybe you'll meet him someday. Who knows? Um, and I got this feeling again. And what was fascinating to me was that I remembered the first time I ever had it. I remembered the first time that I ever had the feeling. And the first time that I ever had that exact feeling, the way that it felt was uh, was actually was at a rehearsal for my father's wedding to my father's passed away but to his his final wife my stepmother and that was and then there's a whole story behind that um which we don't which is irrelevant to the podcast but that was the first time and I never would have pieced that together I never would have pieced that together or been able to understand that that was the first time that I ever had that feeling and I haven't had a feeling of that kind of anxiety many times in my life I haven't I haven't that's it that's important because sometimes what will happen is we'll have feelings that are that disturbing to us and then we'll do anything in our power to avoid having them again so for all of you that are listening and I don't know if you're even going to be able to remember a time that you've had an intense emotion. I mean, maybe you're listening to this fresh off of an experience where you had an intense emotion and you're thinking about things. Maybe. I mean, maybe that would be the case. You might not be able to pinpoint on your own when you first had that emotion. But it's very, very powerful when you can and when the awareness comes to you. And you can start then to start being able to work on that and to be able to renegotiate what that was, neutralize that, work through that, heal it, all kinds of things. All kinds of things. So neurology, that was a very long tangent about how we hold things in our bodies. But I hope it made sense for you guys about how things are really just coming up and how things, you know, be like how we how we operate as humans and how much is really there. I wanted to just share another anecdote from that week um, that I spent with these people. In that one morning, 
uh, we were doing an exercise and it was it wasn't even an exercise as much as coach Sean Smith was working with one of the women in the class and again I can't you know share the details of what exactly was happening but it resonated very deeply with me I was I was crying I mean so much was coming up for me and I sat there proudly with my camera on, just sobbing away. I mean, I was, I was such a fucking mess. I was a mess, and I thought to myself, I was telling my ex-boyfriend about it, and he's like, I gotta turn my camera off. And I was like, no! I think it was my ex-boyfriend. It might have been, it might have been. It might have been a friend. I don't know. If my ex-boyfriend listens to this, I'm sure if it wasn't him, he'll correct me. But I was, I was telling him, um, it, I was telling him, about this and I was like no I'm gonna fall apart I'm gonna fall apart in front of people <laughs> that is part of this experience is to be able to do that you know all of us in personal development we're just so geeky about about ripping off the layers you know like like in the movie Shrek ogres are like onions humans are like onions that that is where that came from and everything is just another layer that's just moving you closer and closer to your higher most authentic self truly truly so I felt the layers coming off. I felt things shedding. I felt things shifting. I was crying. I was thinking of my mother, how much I love my mother. I mean, I really was. It was. I, I got emotional thinking about it. And um, we were in that for hours. And this course was in this program was on Pacific time. I'm on Eastern time. So we didn't break for lunch until 5 p.m. Eastern time. Remember, I am a Hoover vacuum of an athlete. I need to be fed. <laughs> so not only am I, are we working through the layers, but also now I'm starving. And also I don't have a kitchen in my apartment, so i got to go quick to the bodega. And i got to get food that probably wasn't ideally what I wanted because I don't have a lot of time. And I was working through this. And this is a relevant story for you guys about, about – um, about emotions and triggers. This is this is the second half of what I discovered in that course. So I got back and our break ended at 6 p.m. And I'm pretty spent. I'm pretty spent, you know. I was not in the mood for any more. I was, I was ready to go. I was spent. I was like, oh, we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot in the second half. This morning was so powerful. I am so happy to be back even though I'm spent, even though I'm hungry, even though I'm exhausted, even though I feel like I was hit by a truck, even though I've been crying all morning and my my contacts have a layer of film on them from all the moisture in my eyes. I am ready to be become become more self-aware. Please give me more. Please, sir, may I have some more? This is me. And what do they tell us? They tell us that we're going to be playing Jeopardy. And we're going to be playing Jeopardy. If you guys, do you guys know Jeopardy? The American game show created by Merv Griffin, hosted by Alex Trebek for many, 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 many years until his um, unfortunate, he passed away, unfortunately, in 2020. Um, famous American game show. We were told we were going to be playing this game. And we were going to be playing it on the topic of some material that we had to learn prior to attending the program. And I was pissed because if anybody knows me in real life, they know I fucking hate games. I 
fucking hate games. I hate games so much. I am not about it. I was like, I didn't have this emotionally exhausting morning and spend a whole bunch of money and rearrange my schedule so I could play games with all these fucking people. Oh, I was pissed. I was pissed. And then one of the guys changed his Zoom background to be the Jeopardy Zoom background. And then I was more pissed. I was like, this motherfucker and his stupid fucking Jeopardy background. And then everybody was trying to chime in and answer the questions. And they didn't have their mutes on. So it was just a lot of white noise. And I can be like slightly, I'm a little, I'm a little, I have a lot of sensory things that are going on most, a lot of the time. So I was very, I was very sensory, in sensory overload with this. And I was, and I even said in the chat, can you please mute your mics? And I don't know why I was feeling so uptight over this I mean I was so so mad and it just went on forever it was insufferable I was angry I was texting my friend that was in the course with me and I was like why do we have to do this and I was just going off at the mouth to her and then we stopped and we were going to go into breakout rooms and we had to answer questions like about how we felt about playing how we felt about people answering questions how we felt about the, the yelling how we felt about And I went into the breakout room. I just started screaming. I just started yelling about how disruptive it was, how terrible it was. I mean, I was just laying it down. I was so triggered and angry. And every single person in that breakout room did not share my experience, which made me feel even angrier because they all were having a great time. And it just brought me back to all the times that I had been having a, you know, that I had not had a great time while other people were having this great old time and I'm thinking why do I have to deal with this disruptive shit when all these people are having a great time we came back from those breakout rooms and I was called on almost immediately and I went and I I started going off and and what I learned through this whole thing was that it was designed to be a trigger This game was not designed to test our knowledge of what we had to learn before attending the course, the program. This game was designed to trigger somebody. It was designed to trigger someone like me. It was designed to trigger other people. It was designed to show that every person is going to have a different experience based on who they are and their own life experiences. And so I started going off about how I, as I was going off, I was learning about myself and I was saying, I I realized that what it was, was that I get triggered by collective experiences that I cannot relate to. And one of the alumni that had been in the program for quite some time and he's returning, um, been a coach for a number of years said to me, you're welcome for the trigger. And I I was, it was profound. I mean, because what a trigger is, is it's an opportunity for you to learn something about yourself. If you're feeling triggered or angry, there is a light there. The cracks are where the light shines in. You get to actually see that there's something about yourself that you haven't quite resolved. And then you can use that awareness to start working to resolve it. Because I never would have noticed. I would have probably spent the rest of my life getting triggered by these these activities. I mean, I remember... I remember this happening in 2020 um, with the presidential election. I was happy with the presidential election. The, the candidate that I vote for won, voted for won the election. 
like I was happy. I was happy with the way that the, the election went. But I wasn't so overjoyed. I was beaming out of my head going into the street banging pots and pans. And because I wasn't, I felt triggered by people who were because they were having a collective experience that I was not a part of. And I always felt like there was something wrong with me because of that, and it's not. It's just that I get triggered when people are having a collective experience that I am not included in, which now I have the awareness I can go back and start examining. And I'm still I'm still working through this. Remember, we're, none of us are ever perfect. We're always, always working through things. So, you know, I might not be a binge drinker anymore, but that doesn't mean there's not more work to do. Like, there's always more work to do. And when you get a trigger, that that shows you where the work is. So now I get to go back and I get to look at these experiences throughout my life. I get to trace it back. I get to see where this started, why this started, how it started. And I can do the inner work. When I talk about inner work, that's what this is. Inner work is that. It's seeing it, seeing it first, awareness, and then doing the work, doing the work going deep, sitting with it. You might need somebody to sit with you and and help you and help hold a mirror up because we are all we all have those fuzzy spots on our mirror. And I was I was so grateful for that whole experience and what I thought was going to be just this game that was going to be useless and just wear down my senses ended up being one of the most invaluable lessons that I ever could get. And it was such a powerful week and I felt it deep. I felt it deep in my body. That was another thing. I felt that in my body as well. And you're going to feel things in your body. I would love for all of you that listen to the podcast to just start noticing. When you're having some resistance to something, notice where it shows up in your body. Where do you feel it? What, is it, what does it look like? What color is it? You know, what shape is it? Where is it? Is it in your throat? Is it in your stomach? Just notice, just notice. I mean, in meditation, we talk about that. I mean, when I'm in my very, I, and I'm still such a novice when it comes to meditation. And I, a lot of times people, people are resistant to meditation. But you can get a lot of great concepts from meditation. And one of them is to notice. Just notice. It doesn't need to be, you don't need to, to act. That's what people get tripped up about. They think they need to act. I feel something uncomfortable, so I need to act. I feel uncomfortable, so I need to make that go away. I feel uncomfortable, so I need to go drink. I need feel uncomfortable, so I need to go eat a lot. I feel uncomfortable, so I need to go binge Netflix. I feel uncomfortable, so I need to go and have sex. I, like, I, I need to watch porn. I need to, whatever. I feel uncomfortable, so I need to do that. Instead of addressing the, the it, what, just being with being uncomfortable. Just being with it. Noticing it. Analyzing it. Sitting with it. It sucks. It hurts. You'll feel it physically. You're going to feel it physically. I, I swear you are. But being with it, the way out is through. Like that's, that's the way. And this is now, I mean, I have been doing this work. I've been doing this work on myself. I've been doing this work with clients. And I'm going to be doing this work more and more and more. And more deeply and more skillfully. Because I am committed to constantly sharpening my sword in these areas. Because I want to help everybody get off. That's, that's my mission, baby. That's how it all started. That's where this all started. The soul is still in it. Everything is still right there where it needs to be. Uh, that's how I'm feeling 
So I'm here for you guys. And I think that's going to do it for this solo episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I haven't done a solo episode in a while. It felt really good to just be here on my microphone and just be talking to you guys, just me and you. It's nice to be back with you. It's nice. Um, I'm here with you. So if you need anything, you can reach out to me, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. If you get on my website, subscribe to my email list. I send out stuff once a week. Um, Very, very helpful, helpful things that even before I sought out help, I wish I knew a lot of the stuff. I wish I was, if I could go back, I would be on my email list because the information I put a lot out there for my for my readers because it's so, so important and a lot of it is not readily available in a Google search like you would think that it would be. You would think that this would all just be easy stuff to find, but it isn't. It's not easy stuff. It's not common knowledge even though we're all experiencing it. Isn't that weird? So I, I send out an email once a week and I try to, with those emails, shine a lot of light in a lot of areas that will help uh, my readers and my podcast listeners get themselves into a place where they feel happy and comfortable and are, and are able to really take charge and have agency over their lives. And that's important to me. So get on my website, subscribe. And I'm going to be back next week, guys, with another episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. So until then, take care of yourselves. And uh, I'll see you next time. Bye.